Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Western PA Sports Blog Podcast. This is Nate Stice on the mic and I'm joined by a special guest today, Dr. Tyler Porco. Dr. Porco is a native of Peters Township but resides in Ridgeway, PA, the town that I grew up in. Aside from being a dentist today, Porco is one of the all-time great quarterbacks in the history of Peters Township football and would go on to play four years at the Division III level for powerhouse Johns Hopkins. After graduating from Hopkins, he would head to Temple University to complete his education and become a dentist. And now he's actually my dentist. I continue to keep my dentist in Ridgeway and go home and, you know, just lucky to have Dr. Porco in my life and in this magnitude. So, Dr. Porco, thanks for coming on. You know, I really appreciate you taking the time. No problem. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. So let's talk about growing up in Peters Township. You know, that's where this this whole thing started for you. Uh, it's a very nice suburb of Pittsburgh. Um, how did going to high school there and, um, you know, all the attributes kind of impact your, your life, your athletic career, and, and now your career as a dentist as well? Um, I would say the biggest impact was probably academically. Um, my uh, I used to live in, when I was, I don't know, one to maybe five, we lived a couple towns over in South Park before my parents decided to, you know, set up somewhere permanently. Sure. And they always told me that that was the biggest thing why they moved there is because of um, how good of a school it was and everything. Um, and it was, you know, it was, they definitely prepared you for, you know, academically for going on in life and everything. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing, you know, classes were good. The teachers were great. Um, so, you know, academically is, is easily the biggest, the biggest influence there growing up and going to high school there. Absolutely. Um, playing football, obviously that was a big part of your life and I'm sure you still love the game a lot today. Um, was football always number one sport for you and when did you get started in this game? It was, um, my, you know, little, my dad played, um, college football at East Tennessee state. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So he was always big into football. Uh, when I went growing up Peters, you actually couldn't play. They didn't have little kids leagues. The earliest you could play was fifth grade. Sure. Um, so up until then I played soccer. Um, that was about it. Uh, but as soon as fifth grade hit it, you know, both being fall sports, soccer was out, you know, football was in. Um, and that was always, I, I never really, you know, it wasn't one of those, you hear a lot of, you know, you shouldn't focus on one thing and play and, you know, don't give up your other sports to just focus on one thing. I just never really had an interest you sure. know, in other stuff, you know, baseball, basketball, that it just was never really for me. So it was just, you know, football all year round, and that was fine with me. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's also awesome, you know, I did not know that you were a second-generation college athlete. Um, I believe Eastern Tennessee State and Johnson City, Tennessee, like the, the song yes. says, right? Yeah, that's pretty yep. cool. Um, yep. Yeah, so that's really cool that you got to be a second-generation, and, yep. um, you know, I'm sure that your dad had a huge influence on your on your football career there. Absolutely, yeah. Always, you know, always uh, from when I was little, throwing the ball around, you know, all that stuff. Um but uh, yeah, never, never. I don't want to say never pushed me, you know. To oh, you got to play football, right? You know, it was just when fifth grade came around. I I guess I bugged him enough to you know <laughs> stop playing soccer and start playing football, and that's how it went. Yeah, never looked back. Um, yep. You know, looking back, you know, I'm not sure how much you've thought about this. You know, this is, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. I'm not going to make you <laughs> say how old you are or anything. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, you were given the keys to the Peters Township football program as a freshman. You were 14 years old and you became the starting quarterback. Uh, the fall of 2004, I believe, um, when I researched. Um, does yep. it even seem real that that happened, um, you know, way back when? And how much... 
Um, how cool is that looking back, you know, that you were so young, but given the programs to a very large football program? Because, you know, Peters Township's a big school. Yeah, it uh, it was interesting. Um, you know, I, I want to say it was the spring after eighth grade. Um, you know, I was I was invited to kind of come up and do spring ball and, and work out and stuff with the high school team that spring. And then after that, you know, was told that I would be, you know, because Peters Township at that when you're at that level, you have a separate freshman team. You know, right. it's not just JV and varsity. There's a separate freshman team. But um, I was told that I'd be going to camp and, and playing, you know, going, doing the season with the, with the high school team. Um, and, you know, it was, it was interesting at the time cause I was super young, you know, I yeah. was, I was young for my grade. Um, okay. so when I was in camp with all those kids, I was only 13. Oh, wow. Um, so it was, it was a big jump up. Um, and you know, I did, did well in camp, um, you know, all through the summer with seven on sevens and stuff. Um, and then, First two games, first two weeks, uh, was playing JV um, behind, uh, I think our quarterback was a junior at the time. Um, and after the second game, he went into the coach's office and told him that he was done playing quarterback. Um, wow. He didn't want to do it anymore. He wow. had a rough start. Um, sure. But I don't know if the pressure or, or what, but he, uh, that was it. And going into week three, I was told that I was a starter. Um <laughs> We were playing wow. Moon Township, who I think was, I think, three in the state at the time. Wow. And not the ideal week to, to <laughs> kick things off. Right. But uh, it, you know, started well. You know, we, we almost, we came within six points of beating them. You know, wow. had no business kind of being in that situation that close. But it was, uh, it was tough. You know, it's being that young. And I, oh, at the time I was six foot, maybe 165 pounds soaking wet. So, uh it was it got thrown around a lot by, yeah. by a lot of bigger dudes, but right. It was right. Right. Um, how much do you think that made you grow up and, and grow up in a hurry, you know, kind of being put into that yeah. situation um, as a freshman in your third ever varsity football game that you could be a part yeah. of? It, it happened quick. Um, you know, it was, it was, he was kind of put up or shut up, you know, you go out there and, and I never had a problem with, with the physical side of it. You know, I, after that first game, heck I could, barely get out of bed you know the next day but it was you know before I ever started playing my dad kind of sat me down and was like listen you know it's this game hurts you know there's gonna be a lot of sore days a lot of nagging injuries that when you're you know now at 32 you're gonna look back on him and yeah that still hurts but um never had a problem with that part of it it was just you know had a lot of older guys you know junior senior you know trying to it's their final season and you don't want to be the, 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 the weak link that, you know, causes a bad year or, or messes up. So a lot of pressure that way. But like I said, it's, it, once you step on the field and start playing, all that kind of goes away and you're just out there playing. So, right. It's a game you've loved since you were a little kid again, you know? So, um, you know, I don't know if you know this, you're still second all time in passing yards in program history. You know, uh, is that kind of crazy looking back and still realizing that? Yeah, um, I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> I honestly would have assumed that I would be lower on the list because they've, they, you know, have had much more success recently with a much different offense and a guy who who's a very good coach. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's interesting when you play for for full, you know, almost full four full years. You know, it's it, I guess that uh, 
comes with the territory. You, you get a, a plenty more yards than people who only play for one or two. So right. Well, that, it's still a very cool accomplishment. You know, I'm glad that I was able to kind of find that factoid um, and, and find that for you. So that's pretty yep. cool. Um, you can definitely start bragging to people about, <laughs> about that now. Um, but you know, one thing about other than your experience playing football at Peters Township, you know, you were the valedictorian of your class and you were younger than most people in your grade. Um, can you kind of talk about the hard work that went into that and, um, you know, balancing, you know, playing a, a sport at a very high level yeah. as well? Um, yeah, it was, you know, let me preface it first with, I always have to tell people this when they bring this up. We actually had, I think, 20 valedictorians. Sure. Um, yeah. We all had the same GPA, so right. it was, you know, there was no way to kind of separate that. Right. Um, but the school part of it always kind of came easy to me. You know, it, once you got into high school and, you know, AP class and stuff, yeah, it required studying. But it, like I said, I kind of got, I, well, as my dad would say, I got that from my mom. Um, so that it always kind of came easy. It was never a huge deal to, to kind of bear down and, and get stuff like that done. Um, so, you know, it required definitely a time commitment, you know, making sure you, you don't fall behind and all that stuff. But uh, it was always instilled in me growing up. I was like when I got home from school, I wasn't I had to finish whatever work I had to do, had to be done. And then I could go do whatever I want. You know, so it sure. was by the time high school came around, it wasn't it was just second nature, you know, get your stuff done and then you can you know have all your free time. So it wasn't too big of a deal. Yeah, so you always had good structure in your life, you know, yeah. and, and, and then that translates to high school and college and then yeah. obviously dental school as well. Well, that's Absolutely. great. That's great. Um, you know, one thing I want people to realize, you know, I said uh, Dr. Porco played at Johns Hopkins, and they're no slouch. They're Division three. They can really play. Um, but Dr. Porco was a Division one football recruit, uh, pro-style quarterback. Um, you had some some several Division one offers. Um, but obviously you elected to go to Hopkins and I can't even fault you there. It's one of the finest academic institutions in the entire world. Um, but, but what made you choose division three over division one Hopkins over, you know, some of the other division one, division two offers that you did have coming in? Well, that was, it was an interesting ride, you know, to get to that point. Um, obviously it was, it started early, you know, after all, when we came out and almost beat moon when I was a freshman, the letters and stuff kind of started coming in right away. Um, and you know, it was, that was an every, you know, every year thing, but at that point you're too, you can't do anything. Right. You, you can't talk to anyone. You're just getting letters and it's, is what it is. You know, exactly. you kind of, you know, file them away and then move along. Um, but you know, as I went on, you know, I would do all the camps, you know, we, we went to all the recruiting camps, the Nike camps, the elite 11 camps, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and was always, you know, in the off season was, would, would get a lot of interest, you know, and being in, remember being in groups at, at the Nike camps with the likes of, you know, I was remember throwing in a group with Matt Barkley, wow. um, Manuel, uh, a couple of guys, Ralph Cryer being another Pittsburgher. Um, but, uh, it was, it was always tough because as a team, and I'm sure you, you saw our records, we were never very good. <laughs> we, we didn't win a lot of games. Um, Peters Township at that point was a doormat. You know, they, they hadn't all through high school and, well, held until a couple years ago, the, the banner in the gym for football conference championships said 1975, and that was it. Wow. Um, so, you know, we, we as a team didn't really get over that hump, um, and that played a big role. You know, you, you can – as far as recruiting goes, you know, it's not like I was 
uh, you know, six five, you know, two forty five, just you know, out of this world on paper. But you know, would do well at camps. You know, would would get a lot of interest. You know, the season would come around, would have a, a mediocre year, and you know that that made it tough. You know, that was that was a, a, a tough way to 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 go each area. Well, it wasn't easy to, to, to kind of deal with that, um, but that played a big role. Um, junior year. I was probably the most, I, I kind of went around to, to schools and that kind of thing, um, was invited to, I think the games that I, I went to that year, like the whole would be down the field invited to that kind of thing was Notre Dame, Duke, Pitt, wow. um, and then a couple Ivy League and Princeton being the, the, the main one. Um, but, you know, again, did same thing, you know, had a, as a team, you know, mediocre year, um, nothing really came about. Uh, so going into that off season into my senior year, um, again, whole camp thing, all that stuff was doing well. Uh, the probably closest, you know, I, the, the one, the school that I, I really thought I was heading towards, uh, was the university of Colorado. Wow. Um, I was talking to their offense coordinator quite a bit. Um, one of those deals where in the spring we, we, as we were talking, he basically said, you know, we, we feel comfortable giving you a scholarship. We just want you to come out here, uh, and, you know, come to our camp, you know, our, cause every college has a camp every summer for, for, it's not just recruits, but just in general. Right. Um, we just want to meet you in person, see you throw a little bit. Um, and it was weird. Um, you know, recruiting is an interesting thing. I, uh, I went out. Flew out there, you know, just I was only going to do a day at the camp. Just like I said, they, all they said was meet you, you know, see you throw a little bit, whatever. Um, got out there. Uh, guy kind of didn't really talk to me. You know, no one, I, it was weird. I, no one was really saying anything to me. I wow. said hi at the beginning, um, went through the whole day, had an unbelievable day. I was calling my dad, said, man, I, I'm killing it, you know, throwing really well, you know, doing all this. And um, again, I, didn't really hear from anyone and next morning before i went to fly back um i asked for to uh, have a meeting with with the offense coordinator and it was like i said it was just weird he kind of was real cold he said, you know what just you know send us some senior tape and, and we'll get back to you um wow and that's kind of how it went with a lot of them um it was and it was it was tough it hurt you know it was it was weird you know just yeah. you, you think on it and you know then things just kind of start to fade away um you know, it was hard to say why um, we had some, there was a lot of, it's Pierce Town, like I said, it's a different school now. It's in much better shape, but a lot of turmoil there. You know, our coaching staff after junior year had gotten fired. Yeah. Um, they let go of everyone. And there was a lot of animosity between us players and the guy that left. Um, sure. And, you know, a lot of, you know, did that have anything to do with it? Like I said, it was all just weird. Everything just kind of stopped for not really seemingly no reason. So, I kind of fell out of, I fell out of love with the process, you know, the whole recruiting thing. Yeah. And that summer I was just like, you know what, let's, I just want to play this year. You know, we have a new coaching staff. They were awesome. Um, Nick Milkovich, he was a math teacher at our, at Pierce Township High School for forever. Uh, still is, I think he's close to retiring, but great guy. Um, coach down at, uh, what was it, Char? Somewhere down the Mont Valley, but came you know was hired as a head coach and he hired on a guy named tj plack who came from south fayette he's who is currently the head coach best thing they ever did he you know 
our first three years, we ran, we had three different offensive coordinators and it was all like the old, you know, power eye, you know, <laughs> waggle play action stuff right. that unless you're a powerful football team, you know, it, it doesn't work. You Absolutely. know, Peters was never known for, for big kids. You know, we we're always smaller, you know, than other teams and you can't play power football without the power. Absolutely. Um, but he brought in, you know, the, the whole college style offense, you know, four wide spread, all that kind of thing. Um, and it was awesome. You know, had senior year was, was way more fun. You know, the, you could tell if we had a couple more years with him, things might've been different. Right. Um, but that's why he's still the head coach and they're now a, a powerhouse. Right. He knows what he's doing. Um, you know, he knows how to, how to motivate and how to, you know, who, how to coach, you know, he's an excellent guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so played that year, um, you know, went down. At that point, after the whole, you know, D1 thing was just didn't seem to be going anywhere, kind of took a step back and, you know, fell back on what, you know, my parents had kind of gone for the whole time was academics. You know, mm-hmm. kind of knew I wanted to do something medical-wise and started trying to focus on that. Um, it kind of came down to some of the Ivy Leagues, Princeton being the one, and then Hopkins being the other one. Um, and Princeton, the Ivy Leagues, they don't, they weren't very accepting of AP credits. Yeah. And yep. I had a lot of those. Sure. Um, and Hopkins was. Uh, so went down there for a game, loved it. Um, you know, the, the coach down there, uh, Jim Margraff, uh, passed away a couple years ago. Great guy. He'd been there for 22, 23 years at that point. So just seeing a program that was like, all right, it's, you know, this guy's been the coach forever. It's stable. You know, it, it was, very appealing. It was like, you know, I can go to a great school, you know, play football for four more years. Um, our, our running back, uh, good friend, Nick Fazio was also going there. Um, we, we played together for four more years. So it was just one of those things where the season was over, winter came and we were actually, uh, up at, you know, and I was still kind of debating about it and we were up at Nick and I, and a couple other friends were up at seven Springs snowboarding. And it was just one of those, moments of you know what i'm 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 done with the process i'm you know let's just let's just do it you know right. called coach and was like you know what i'm in let's you know I'm, I'm over this let's just go start focusing on getting ready to play more football and that was that so wow weird ride but yeah it turned out the best yeah you know another kind of aspect um you were going through uh recruiting right before the social media age hit yes. um yeah <clears throat> you know and you still have kind of had a tough experience and i think that a lot of folks you hear have tough experiences now because of the social media aspect do you think that ask what escalated it for you if social media was around at the time do you ever think about how that may have changed it as well because i mean that's honestly what you went through that's not yeah, easy yeah. that's not easy and like you said there was there was none of that you know there was <sighs> the, the only thing that was there there was a real famous not well, i guess yeah famous well-known youtube video of a kid who went to west virginia uh noel divine and it was like he had highlight tape on youtube and it was like this, but it was like the only one it was right. like everyone's like oh you see this tape and but no one else did that you know it was right. just on there and and but yeah so you relied solely on you know we had a whole setup in our basement of copying vhs tapes and wow. transferring to dvds and all that stuff um because we didn't get a lot of help, you know, from the the, the coaches who were there, you know. So we kind of, my dad and I, had to have our own setup at home and sure. you know, send it all out and, and you know take care of all the letters and, and contacts and everything. So um, 
Yeah, it's it's it was different. I mean, it was all done by mail. You know, it was wow. all you know. There was no, you know, not getting Facebook messaged by a coach or you know, <laughs> DMs or anything like that. It was right. strictly just you send out a tape, you wait a couple weeks and see if you hear back. So, wow. Um, yeah, different, definitely a different vibe. Um, and you know, it's I guess it's like you said, tougher. There's not as much exposure there. Right. You know, it, it's not. That everything isn't all over the internet as it is now. So it was, it was different. But like I said, we we managed on our own to have our little, you know, production line in the basement of getting things out there. Yeah, a little bit more of a grind to it than ever back yeah, then. You know, that, sure. which is you know definitely you know probably appreciate your dad for really being there oh, yeah. to to help you through that and send out the tape yep. and you know that's 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 awesome that you guys did that yeah. because you yep. know obviously it was a dream of yours to to play college football no matter what yep. level. Um, yep. And you were good enough to play Division One, Division Two, and obviously you played Division Three. And, you know, like I said, Hopkins is filled with guys that could play Division One football. They just want to, yep. you know, go to a really good school and they want a more well-rounded experience. Yep. Um, you know, did you do you think that you had – was that the right place for you? Is there no doubt about yep. it that Hopkins was yeah. the best no decision you ever it. made? It was – you know, there's always in the back of your mind that, you know, man, I wish I could have, you know – just snatched up that one offer and, and, you know, see what happens. But, um, Hopkins was, was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. You know, uh, all, all the guys in my class were, were the same mindset. You know, it was the best thing was going from, you know, like I said, Peter's just being mediocre every year, you know, win three to four games a year. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the issue there was, you know, you know, a lot of players that like to say they played football and wanted to be there on picture day and wear their jersey in school on Friday, but when it came time to put it on the line, you know, they went missing. Right. Um, you know, I can honestly say there were probably, in my class, there were maybe me and, and there were three other guys that I would, you know, want in my foxhole there. Right. You know, like I said, Nick, the other kid, that Nick Fazio went to Hopkins with me. Right. Um, Anthony Steratore best friend since we were little went and played uh two-year starter at Worcester um and Mike Allen our center uh went I think he I, th- I think he started at some point in his freshman year and then was at least a three-year starter at Case Western wow. um so the four of us you know we're out there busting our butts and you know when when it's just you guys it's not enough you know and it's right. hard to, to right. do that year in and year out and you know you, you look at everyone else and you're just like come on guys you know it's but you're not getting it for anyone else right. but when we got there Everyone was like that, you know, yeah. our whole class, we were there and then we had a lot of the same guys, like you said, that similar situation could have played it, you know, had the talent and work ethic to play at a higher level, but, yep. you know, wanted to go there for the school. Um, and, you know, we ended up, I think there were six or seven of us that, you know, started and played a lot as freshmen. So, I mean, everyone was, it was football school and, you know, let's, let's come in here and, and win games. You know, let's, we're, we're here to, 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 to win and, it was unbelievably refreshing. You know, it was so nice to have that change of scenery where you're looking around. You're like, yeah, you know, I, I, I can't wait to play on Saturday with that guy, you know, because right. he's doing the same things I'm doing. We're all trying and we, you know, we're all putting everything we have into it, which up until then didn't know what that was like. So it was, right. it was nice to have that. Absolutely. You know, it's also crazy that your, you know, your high school football team had guys that were that academically you know, achieving oh. and that good at football too. Case Western, Wooster, and Johns Hopkins. Oh. They're all pretty dang good schools too, you yeah, know. And they sure. they all excel in sports at the yeah. Division three level. So, I mean, yeah. that's pretty cool that all of you guys were a group of friends and you all were, 
pretty intelligent people as well. Um, but you know, you talked about kind of the change of scenery being good for you going to Hopkins from, you know, from Peters. Um, there was some weird changes that happened, uh, in your position, um, or positions at Hopkins. You know, you, you filled me in when, when I, when I came to see you for my dentist appointment in December, you're like, yeah, they moved me to tight end. I did start a quarterback, but one thing that I noticed, you also carried the ball. They gave you running plays like, and it was like not a consistent move. Like you were thrown a lot of different ways. Um, yep. It's one of the most unique college football careers I've ever seen on paper. I've never watched you play, yep. obviously. Yep. Um, but to, to put it in perspective for people, you start your first ever college game at quarterback and get hurt. Um, you come back later in that year. You become the starter again. Um, but then they move you to tight end and running back. And then just tight end at the at the end, I think. Um, but – you also still had some passing opportunities as a tight end. I think you threw a few passes. I don't know what the heck was going on exactly. Um, how did you handle all these changes, getting the ball in so many ways? And what do you think that said about you as a player that you were just willing to accept? Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. Just give me the give me the rock, and let's, we're gonna make things happen. Yep. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting, and it's it's funny you you put it the exact same way that our coach put it at our senior banquet. You know, one of the strangest paths you know he's seen um but yeah it was you know going in um as a freshman being being down there for the game to watch a game my senior year kind of went in knowing all right i'm I'm definitely going to have an opportunity here right um went in did well in camp it came down to me and another kid in my class um hewitt tomlin uh and you know edged him out you know was was a starter and like you said in the first game partially tore an MCL. So that sucked. Um, yeah. but you know, Hewitt stepped in, um, was, was playing well, you know, he unbelievable arm, you know, could, could launch a ball 70, you know, 70 plus yards. Wow. Um, still close to them. Just actually saw him down at a Hopkins game this past year, you know, great kid. Um, but at the end of the year, you know, he was struggling a little bit and kind of, I think he also got injured. I think it was a hamstring, something like that. So yeah, ended up starting the final game there. <laughs> Um, and then going into the off season, you know, it was, it was interesting, you know, uh, our, our offensive coordinator, um, Dan Swanstrom, he was, our freshman year was his first year there. Um, unbelievable, probably the best coach you've ever had. He's now up at Penn as the offensive coordinator, but he, you know, was, was upfront about it, you know, saying, you know, listen, Hewitt, you know, he started most of the games, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, it's going to be a competition again, but he is, you know the incumbent, you know, he, he is the starter. Um, and I, I had no problems with, like I said, he was upfront about it. There were no, you know, no questions about how it was going to work. Um, you know, came in the next, the next camp still played well. You know, I, like I said, if it was, uh, we probably were about even, you know, in camp, but as the incumbent, you know, he obviously has that leg up, which again, at the time, you know, it was frustrating at times, but looking back on it, totally understand, you know, completely understandable. That's how it goes. Um, and my sophomore year, uh, I got a lot of time. We, we ran a lot of wildcat stuff, you know, okay. as me as a running quarterback. Um, so got a lot of carries there and it really helped spark the offense, you know, in a lot of, a lot of games where, you know, if, if things weren't working, would, would throw that in and, you know, get a couple good runs and kind of mix things up. Um, you know, worked well in, cause I actually, the whole year, I don't think I had thrown one during the regular season. It was all running, 
and we get into the playoffs and we have a deep run that second year. And in the second round against Thomas Moore, um, first play from scrimmage put me in. It was the first pass of the year. Obviously, they hadn't seen any tape on it. Right. I think it was 70 yards-ish for, for a score, you know, on the first. So that was setting that up the whole year, yeah. helped us out in the playoffs. Yep. You know, it was awesome. I, I loved my role, you know, coming in. And and that was more, you know, my style anyway. You know, I I, I played quarterback, um, but in high school I was also our middle linebacker. Okay. So I would say I'm more of a football player that had to play – that just played quarterback sure. as opposed to just a quarterback. Right. Um, you know, I – Loved running it, loved banging around, you know, on the inside there. So, um, and then after that, you know, it was one of those, you know, hey, we we need you, you know, on the field more, however we can. So, um, junior year uh, was tight end, and we ran a, a pretty wide open offense. So, as a tight end, it would be a lot of stand up stuff in the slot, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but in camp, took you know all the. The tight end reps took fullback reps, you know, H back reps, um, and was still the backup quarterback at the time. Oh so I had my. to do that. Oh my! Um, so it was a lot, but it was I had a great time. You know, I, I was I enjoyed the change of instead of being just back there throwing and handing off. Actually, you know, I love blocking. You know, and, and they used me a lot as in our run game to kind of spearhead you know certain plays because um, you know blocking as you know some receivers as receivers do you know it, it's not their forte sometimes <laughs> right i loved it you know it's all about you do you want it more than the guy that you're trying to block for and sure i was all about it we had unbelievable athletes at receiver and i'd block for those guys you know any day of the week you know they're they're better with the ball in space than i am i'm more than happy to to, to clean up a few you know people in front of them so um yeah, would did a little bit of everything you know starting junior year and still was doing the wildcat stuff which was still a big part of the offense um but yeah, just you know, wherever they wanted me to play, I was you know we were winning. It was you know having a good time. You know, like I said, I I would I would do anything for for those for my you know those teammates. It was because they were out busting their butt just like you know I was. So I right. I was more than happy to do the, the the dirty work. You know, inside blocking all that stuff. It was great. Right. What a weird journey, though, man. That's that you probably yeah. never in a million years would have thought that's what your college career would have called for. You know, and yeah. to think like. Shoot, I'm gonna start as quarterback my first ever college game at Johns Hopkins, and we might win a national championship. And then by the end, you're at tight end. You, nobody yep. would have thought that, including you. I don't think yep. you know. No, uh, no, it was unexpected. But you know, like I said, it was. I enjoyed the change of scenery there. You know, right. it was it was fun. It was, um, and it helped. You know, well, like I said, we were winning. Whatever you know, whatever helped us. You know, continue doing that. I was all for. You know, we, we were. It was just enjoyable being. Being on a team where you didn't have to be, you know, the guy every week, you know, and, and motivate your guys because they weren't self-motivating. You know, everyone was every week was out there to get the job done. and You know, whatever, whatever part I needed to play, I was, you know, all about it. Right. You know, uh, and your teams were very, very good, too. Uh, you played in two bowl games and two NCAA t- uh, tournaments, I believe. Uh, yep. Three Centennial Conference titles. You were consistently in the top 25 you know, uh, to have the privilege to be a Johns Hopkins Blue Jay and, and now a Blue Jay alumni, um, what's it really mean to you now, you know, a, f- a few years removed now? Yeah, it it means a lot, you know, and every, you know, Allie and her mom, and they always get on me because I, I, I wear a lot of Hopkins gear, yeah. you know, I, have, I still have it all, <laughs> I still buy new stuff, you know, from time to time, Right. because, you know, it means a lot to me, you know, and it means a lot to, to the guys that, you know, I played with, um, you know, we... 
we were a super close group. Um, you know, it, it felt, we always feel like, because before that, you know, Hopkins was kind of middle of the conference. You know, they, they did okay. You know, they'd have a year or two where they'd win seven or eight games. But, um, you know, our senior year, we had the first undefeated season, you know, in the regular season. And since then, like you said, they're, if not top 25, top 10, you know, yeah. every year. They're they're consistently up there. And, and we feel like we were a big part of that, you know, Absolutely. kind of changing things from, you know, yep, we're, we're a decent team that competes to, you know, if we're not winning every game, we failed, right. you know, so, um, you know, when, when you have that with, with the guys and, and a lot of them, especially for the first couple of years out of school, were still in the Baltimore area. And a lot of them were from, a lot of the guys were from Philly. So sure. me going on to Philadelphia for four years, I was still able to be with a lot nice. of them. And, um, you know, we, we would, and we still do Allie and I, we try to go down to one game a year because the, the coach is down there. The, the guy that's the coach now, Greg Kamara was a senior when I was a freshman. Oh, okay. Um, so, a lot of the coaches were Hopkins guys, you know, right. former players that, that are coaching now. And, you know, it's – they for for a Division three school, they're, they have an unbelievable amount of alumni support. Right. You know, it's – they – they people come back all the time. When we were in the playoffs one year, we had a guy who – he works – I think he works for – he's a neurosurgeon. Over our practice field, it was like a good luck, you know, banner – you know, so it's the alumni do a ton. You know, it, it, they they remain close to the program. They try to help out however they can. So it's, you know, it's like I said, I, they get on me here because I wear so much of it, but <laughs> it doesn't bother me. You know, I'm, it's something I'm proud of. So right. you know, it's it's uh, you know, all those guys that, that were there with me. It, it's glad to be still a part of that group. You know, it, it's worthwhile. Absolutely. You know, you're going to get funny looks in Ridgeway, PA, because. I don't know a yeah. soul that went to Johns Hopkins from Ridgeway, PA. Maybe there's Ben. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to say I'm going to take that verbatim and say that's true, but I don't know any. You know, maybe I'm wrong. And, and I hope someone that listens to this goes, hey, by the way, this person from Ridgeway um, actually went there. So maybe you can meet them too. You know, uh, you're kind of yeah. the lone wolf that I know of living in Ridgeway, PA that went there. Maybe, yeah. maybe not only, but one of the few, if not. Um, but yeah, no, what a great experience. You know, glad that you had such a good time there. Seems like a wonderful place. Never have been there in person, but um, definitely someday, you know, on my bucket list because it's obviously yeah. a great school. Um, you know, shifting away from football, you said you wanted to be in healthcare in the medical field since you were in high school. You just weren't sure when or weren't sure where you fit in yet um, at the time. <laughs> what made you pick dentistry? And um, was there anybody in particular that influenced you into into that career path or into dentistry or healthcare in general? Yep. Um, you know, healthcare in general, probably my parents, you know, just kind of pointing me toward that direction. Um, dentistry in particular, uh, yeah, they're way, uh, my football coach, our, our coach when I was in middle school, seventh and eighth grade, um, Wayne DiBartola, um, was a dentist, you know, in the South okay. Hills area and, uh, was kind of, you know, always kind of mentioned it to me, you know, talked to me about it. And, you know, I, at that time I was still leaning more towards as, you know, the med school thing in my head. And I was, yeah, you know, maybe, I don't know, leaning sure. more towards this, but, um, Got to Hopkins. Um, obviously, there's a lot of super smart people there, and they all want to go to med school. Um, so, you know, that was a, you know, it's it's a competitive environment. You know, it was right. tough. It's, it's tough. Um, you know, and getting there and having to, you know, juggle football and everything. You know, it, it was it was a much bigger challenge than than high school was. Sure. Um, came back uh, summer after my freshman year, um, and 
I went and worked in his office for the summer, okay. you know, just to see what it was all about. Um, liked it, you know, liked what I saw. And then from there, kind of decided that maybe that's, you know, that's the route for me to go. Um, and that was kind of, you know, what started it kind of just went, kept on that path and, um, you know, ended up working for him for multiple years afterwards. And, um, so yeah, if, if that he was, it was always, you know, medical route, but he was the one that kind of pointed me in the, in the dental direction there. That's awesome. Yeah, what a full circle thing. I was going to say, you worked at DeBartola Dental. That can't be a coincidence that uh, nope. <laughs> your, your first full-time job out of college, I believe, was there in the first several years. You yep. know, uh, you talked about how grateful you were for them already. That was one of the questions I had later on for you. But that's awesome. What a full circle opportunity for both of you, to, for him to hire yep. you and for you to, you know, um, work for him. So that, that's pretty awesome. Um I want to talk about Temple, though. Obviously, mm-hmm. proud Temple alumni as well. Uh, why, why would you, why'd you pick there? You know what, and what did you love about your time there? I'm sure it wasn't always love because you know yeah. uh, that's an it's intense dental school. I I can only imagine. So, uh, but yeah. want to know what you know about and say about Temple. You know, it picking it to be perfectly blunt with you is the only acceptance letter I got. Um, so, you know, I think I applied to, to seven or eight schools. I, I got an interview there. Um, you know, and and they have a real different interview process. It's not the same formal, you know, bunch of people asking you questions, you know, it's, it's kind of more informal to start. You're just kind of walking around the school BSing with certain professors as they come in and out of your group. Um, and you know, I, there's a lot of smart people out there that don't have very good social skills. Um, and you know, I was just kind of able to, you know, when I, when I went, I got some advice from, uh, one of the professors there, he, uh, um, David Donatelli, he was the Penguins dentist for, wow. you know, I think almost 20 years, wow. um, was friends with someone that, that we knew who was the Penguins physical therapist, his office in Peters Township. So when I got there, he just kind of pulled me and says, hey, just, I know this is all scary, you know, nerve wracking, just be yourself. You know, if, if, if someone's giving you crap, you know, give it right back to them. You know, don't be afraid to kind of, you know, do some back and forth. And wow. That's what I did, you know, just kind of decided to, all right, just kind of just don't be nervous, you know, interact like you normally would and had a great interview. Um, like I said, that was the only place I got the acceptance letter. So it was off to Philly. Um, you know, it's Temple is as far as dental schools go. Um, I'm glad I went there because they have probably the you get the most actual clinical experience there than other schools. OK, um, because they're right in North Philadelphia. So there's a lot of need. Um, and you know, it's, I think we probably pulled, I think to, to pass, you have to pull at least like 150 teeth, which compared to other schools is a ton. You know, there's other schools where you're doing maybe 20 or 30 because they just don't have the poppy, you know, the the patient pool to, to, to do that with. So, you know, you come out of there with a ton of clinical, you know, experience, which was perfect. You know, I, I'm glad I went there because, you know, you can do all the research you want, but when you right. get in the mouth, you know, it's, it's a different story. So that was awesome. Um, and school wise to be, to be honest, I found dental school to be easier than Hopkins. Um, oh my you know, gosh. one thing is you don't have, obviously I didn't have football anymore to worry right. about. Sure. Um, sure. And Hopkins is brutally difficult. You know, they, it's, <laughs> they, uh, there's not a lot of, um, Oh, there's not a lot of, Hey, you know, I'll help you pick up the slack. You know, the, the professors there are most of, 
not all of them, most of them aren't really professors. They're just researchers that have to teach a class yeah. in order to keep their grant money. Yeah. So, you know, it's sink or swim. And if you're falling behind, it's not their problem. You know, wow. so you, you got to just, you, you got to get after it yourself. And after four years of that, you know, dental school came around and it was kind of a, you know, a little bit of a reprieve, wow. <laughs> you know, because they, they, they wanted to, they want you to graduate right. or they want you to be a good dentist. Right. So, you know, it, it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more support, you know, a lot more of, you know, we want everyone to make it through this path. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was tough, but like I said, it was, and it was nice to, you're, you're learning things that you know are pertinent. You know, there's no For more, sure. oh, I just got to get through this class and never going to need it again. You <laughs> yeah. know, it was, it was, you're learning about mental stuff. So right. it, it, that made it easier to, to, to focus and retain information and all that stuff. So, right. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking about this path, man. You know, you're 14 years old. You're, you're becoming the, the, the starting quarterback at Peters. And then you get dropped off at Hopkins. You're 17, 18. You're playing college football at a very high level um, and, and taking all these insane classes. And you have professors that are incredibly tough and are researchers and not really loving the teaching part of it. Do you think if, because you were forced into those situations at a young age, that, that prepared you? Or did, is there nothing that can actually prepare you for, for that? Um, it was, it, it helped. It was still a, a shock, you know, <laughs> sure. like I said, it, going from, you know, never having that much stress about academics in high school. Cause like I said, it, it came fairly easy to, sure. to what it was down there. And it's interesting. They, the, your first semester at Hopkins, and I'm actually not sure if they still do this, okay. but at the time your first semester were covered grades. So just pass fail. Um, <laughs> and that's, you know, going in, that seems awesome. Like it's helpful. Like, Oh yeah, you ease through it. I think sometimes it has the opposite effect. Yeah. You know, you pass everything and you're like, Oh man, I, I passed. And you know, I, this is how much work I did. And you do that the next time. And when, you know, you find out, Oh, <laughs> you know, you gotta kind of step it up, you know, a little bit. Cause yeah. the covered grades when they're actual grades aren't as high as you, you might've thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, it was, it was tough, but the, the, the best thing about it was, you know, we were all in the same boat, like as a team. So it was, it was during times like that, it was a big misery loves company situation. Like we're yeah. all sitting around like, all right, just get this done, you know, sure. we all, it's not fun for anybody here. Right. Let's just let's get through it. And, and, you know, but it, uh, for a place like that, yeah, you can be prepared a little bit, but until you kind of get thrown in, you know, it, it's, it's tough. Um, but you know, everyone, well, you know, we all made it through, you yeah. know, it's, it's, you, you make it through to the end and that's all that counts. You know, you get the, you get the piece of paper at the end of the four right. years and <laughs> you know, right. you, you yeah. completed it. Yeah. I mean, you're a better guy because of it, you know, it prepared you for yeah. dental school and, and now you're obviously, you know, in the process of having your own practice, which is really, really cool. Um, Let's talk about um, how you ended up in in Ridgeway, Pennsylvania, from uh, you know suburban Pittsburgh here. So um, obviously, your wife and I went to high school together. She's two years older than me, Allie. Um, you know, she's living in the Pittsburgh area, I believe, out of graduation. Um, electrical engineer. She's very, very intelligent as well. I did not see a lot of her at college. We went to the same college as well, but she was she was studying her butt off, you know, to become an electrical <laughs> engineer. A very hard uh, profession in itself as well. Um, somehow you two get linked up. She probably tells you about a small town that she's from. You may or may not have heard of it. Probably not. Um, you know, um, and eventually you kind of fall in love with this place as well. Um, and it has an opportunity with 
a legendary dentist, uh, Dr. Paul Reese, um, one of the greatest men, <laughs> you know, in the history of Ridgeway, Pennsylvania. I will, you know, I'll fight anybody who doesn't say that. Um, but, um, you know, how did this all happen? Um, and, um, you know, let's talk about Dr. Reese as well as part of this. Yeah. How helpful has he been as well in your adjustment to coming to Ridgeway too? Yeah. So, it, um, you know, in Pittsburgh, we both uh, lived in the strip district at the same time, okay. um, both in different apartments. Uh, the two apartment buildings shared a dog park and we each had a dog. Um, so met in the dog park. Um, wow. And if I, if I don't say this, she'll probably kill me. She made all the first moves. Um, you know, she was, uh, you know, one that got the whole thing started. Um, about a year and a half later, I, we actually met as I was buying a house over on the North side by Heinz field. Oh, wow. So about a year and a half later, she moved in there. We were there for, um, a couple of years. Um, and it was one of those things where, you know, I, I had been to Ridgeway many times at that point. Sure. Like, and I always kind of, knew that, you know, at some point I, I wanted, you know, more space, you know, I didn't want to be in the city for forever. Right. Um, and you know, we, we were looking around, we were starting to think about the process of, you know, buying our own practice and, you know, seeing what the opportunities were, we were looking, you know, up North and, you know, the North Hills kind of area. Um, and had, you know, gotten really, you know, far into the process of, you know, you know, really looking at, at practices that were for sale. Um, and we just kind of, you know, we're talking and, and my parents in 2019 had retired, moved to Florida. Yeah. Um, I have a small family. Um, she has a huge family up yeah. here. And it was one of those things where we just kind of looked at ourselves and asked, you know, why are we still down here? You know, is sure. there a reason to still be in Pittsburgh? Um, didn't really have a good one. So, you know, started looking into, you know, what opportunities were up here. Um, her mom, Luann, uh, school nurse yep. is, you know, saying, you know, and they've been patients of Dr. Reese for forever. Um, saying that, you know, she knows that he was kind of, you know, getting into the, the twilight, you know, of his career and yep. was maybe looking to, you know, figure out a way to, to an exit strategy, which and as a small town, dentist is tough, you know, Absolutely. most of them just closing their doors. Right. Um, but, uh, she, I guess, you know, mentioned it to him and, and said to give him a call. So I, I, I called him, you know, one day, a couple of years back and we talked for a while and, you know, we were both interested and came up, um, met with him, you know, several times to, you know, you know, you got to make sure you're compatible, you know, make Absolutely. sure you, you both have the same kind of, um, outlook on, on dentistry and all that stuff. And, and we did, um, you know, I, I loved his, his practice and everything. Um, and we, Let's see. It was that was twenty twenty. Um, we we got married fall of twenty twenty, and then that Christmas Eve, we you know we packed up all of our stuff and, and came up because wow. um, I was plan I, I was starting the whenever the office opened back up after New Year's. So um, you know started there, uh, and it's been great. You know he he has a, a great you know a healthy practice. You know. Yeah. Most of his patients, like you said, have been with him since they were kids. Yep. You know, you see charts that I think he started in 81. I can't count the amount of charts that literally the first note was sometime in 1981. Wow. So, you know, every, you know, great dentist, great guy um, has been a part of more than just dentistry in Ridgeway for a long time. Absolutely, you know, has yeah. been, you know, big as, as a Boy Scout leader yep. and, you know, various things like that and just contributes has has contributed and still does yeah. you know in so many ways to the whole community um 
so you know i was grateful you know for the opportunity there and you know that it, it it's helping both of us you know yeah. it's it's going to give him an exit strategy and not feel like he's leaving everyone out in the yeah. cold um and as far as for me obviously a great opportunity to step into a practice that you know is you know runs itself you know yeah. at this point you know obviously you don't you don't see Dr. Reese billboards, you know, or advertising as you know, need to, you know, yeah. he's, he's an established, everyone knows him, great dentist. So, you know, to be able to step in there and, and it's super helpful in the small town setting for him to, to not just, because a lot of the ones in Pittsburgh I was, that we were looking at, it was going to be, all right, you're in, I'm out, you know, have at Ooh, it. Wow. But to yeah. be, you know, in a small town, that doesn't work, you know, right. to have him around and, you know, had the first six months, it, we would go patient by patient. Everyone that came in, he would, we, I mean, I still have my little spiel, but we do the whole introduction and making sure that they know what's going on so that it's not shocking, you know, yeah. cause that's a small town that can be shocking. You know, all of a sudden <laughs> this guy that you've been going to for 30 years is gone and you got some stranger with long hair looking at you like, all right, let's drill <laughs> some teeth, you know? Um, so, you know, to have him be part of that process is huge. Um, and it's just, you know, it makes the transition smoother you know so it's um like i said great opportunity on both sides and it, the timing just worked out well yeah just crazy how that worked out you know uh I, i'm not gonna lie like i don't know if other people think the way i do i don't think many of them do you know i thought about it. i was like i wonder when dr reese will ever you know yeah. ever you know do something else with his life um right and i straight up asked him i said yeah. you know how long do you think you're going to do this? You're going to do this forever? He said, no, not quite. And then uh, yeah. I said, what's the longest break you ever had from the time you started this practice um, yeah. to the time that, you know, till now? And he said two weeks. And I was like, oh, my yeah. goodness. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I just think that's uh, a testament to him as a person. He, oh, yeah. he just loves this community. He loves his patients. He loves <laughs> yeah. what he does. And he just puts his head down. And he works so hard for so long. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm so happy that you're able to, you know, make this your own as well and, you know, be of service to our community because, you know, it's not a very big place. There's not a lot of dentists, um, but it's, it's very, very much needed. So, you know, you, you know, you're such a blessing to that, to that town, man. You know, I'm so glad this worked out the right way and um, you get to learn from him. Um, Oh yeah. Was he, was he super helpful on like the practice side of things? Cause like, that's kind of like, you know, you worked for practices, probably less to do with that. Was he really yep. helpful in teaching you the the business ropes of that? Is there anything that really can prepare you other than him teaching you that part of it? You know, you can do, you can, you know, read articles and, and stuff about it, but, you know, it, you, especially, um, you know, small town dentistry, it's, it's just different, you know, yeah. and, and having him, you know, it, he has, and still is, you know, um, given a lot of information, a lot of help, you know, with, yeah. with certain things, just, you know, and he's, he's always, you can pick his brain, you know, anytime, you know, yeah. he's, he's a plethora of, of knowledge. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's been a huge help and will be, you know, when the transition happens to have had all yeah. this time being with him, you know, to, to when it comes time to, to, to make that happen, will be you know, make a huge difference. You know, it's, um, like you said, it, the ones where, you know, the dentist just says, all right, I'm out, you're in, you yeah. know, that you know, things, you're going to make a lot of missteps there, but, you know, yeah. being able to, to just observe and like I said, pick his brain and stuff for, for the last, um, the last two years will be invaluable, you know, going forward. That's for sure. Right. 
Does the business side of stuff interest you as well? Do you like business or are you strictly a you know, STEM guy and you just got to yeah. learn the business now? Um, I like the dentistry stuff more. Yeah, you know, sure. the, the business stuff, it's, I mean, to be perfectly honest, a lot of it is, is over my head. You know, I, I try to, to figure it out, but, um, you know, I'll definitely be, you know, consulting, uh, Patrick <laughs> McGrath Absolutely. down there to, to help, yeah. you know, get things yeah. kind of rolling. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to the extent of, I need to know it. <laughs> Does that make sense? You yeah, know, absolutely. I, I, I does. Need to know yeah. it, but I, it's um, as long as the practice is healthy, you know, and, and running yeah. well. That's I would say that's probably the extent of my interest there. Right. Yeah. No, I understand. I think it's just kind of the bucket that when you own your own practice, you got to do. I don't think yep. any doctor, oh, yeah. or dentist, or any of them just go. Yeah, I love running my business. Well, running your business is I got to see people. I got to get people in the door, and you know, yep. want me to be their doctor, their dentist, their eye doctor, whatever it is. So, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know, I kind of figure it's, it's not, you know, for a, this is a bad phrase, but check the boxes, you know, it's yeah. kind of, you know, yep. like that. And it's like, don't get me wrong, super important to like be in compliance yeah. and, you know, healthcare business and law. I mean, that's heavy stuff. Yeah. That's tough stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear you hear that. I don't think any medical professional loves that part of the job. Yeah, I, I would think. The, the, I guess the, the one probably real positive is. You know, you don't have to here, especially with his practice, you don't have to worry about the, you know, the, the sales part of it, the advertising right. part of it. You Absolutely. know, there's a lot of, of CE um, classes out there talking about, you know, how to sell treatment to your patients and yeah. stuff. And, and that's one of the reasons why I was glad to be up here and not in a city, you know, dental setting is, you know, sometimes, you know, there's there's an aspect of that, but I, that is my least favorite thing. Absolutely. I, I, if the patient doesn't want something, I do not, that is not comfortable for me to try right. and push it on them. You Absolutely. know, it is, they're your teeth. You know, I, I can recommend and I can tell you, you know, what my opinion is, but, um, the sales part of that just, it feels, it feels wrong. You know, it feels yeah. weird to me. I, I'd rather just, you know, Hey, if you, if you, I can, I can tell you what's going on. If you want me to fix it, let's do it. Yeah. If not, Hey, you know, I'm here when you need me. You know, but, you know, the, that part of it, the, the business sales, you know, numbers part of it, just it's, there's a real fine line in healthcare Absolutely. with that. And I, I want to stay away from that line, you know, yeah. I'd rather just, you provide good care, your yeah. business will follow. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the moral part of it, man. Because I mean, you could be yeah. doing this marketing campaign after market campaign, hard yeah. sale, hard sale, but you're not, you know, and Dr. Yeah. Reese never did that either. You know what no. I mean? No. It's word of mouth. And yeah. you know, as crazy as it sounds like the word of mouth in Ridgeway is re- so real because it's only yes. 3,700 people or so these yeah. days. And I'm sure you get people from out of Ridgeway and all that good stuff. I mean, heck, I'm still coming back and I live in Erie now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's somebody's sister, it's somebody's aunt, it's somebody's grandmother, you know, Hey, my dent, you know, I, I want to see a second opinion. I want to, you know, you know, I have a kid, you know, they're going to go to this, the same dentist as me yeah. too. It's a lot of that, which, which is, it's that genuine. So it doesn't become a sale. It just becomes this is part of right. life now, yep. which is nice. Yep. So, you know, I'm glad to hear you say that for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no denying dentistry is rewarding and amazing. And I know that you love mo- mostly everything about your job. There's no doubt that your passion comes through and it's come through in this, this interview. Um, you know, you get to influence people's lives, help them live he- healthier lives, make good suggestions for them. Um, 
But, you know, from researching about this, um, there's a dark side to this career, which is kind of scary in a, in a way. Um, and I appreciate that you wanted to talk about this for sure. Um, I asked you before the show because, you know, I don't want to put you in a, in a tough position. But in dentistry, it's a very high suicide rate. Um, you know, it's a very, very demanding career. Um, would you like to comment on this? How do you keep the work-life balance? And, you know, uh, yeah. why do you think this happens, unfortunately, you know? Yeah, it's uh... – you know, it's, it's interesting because we have, as a, as a profession, have topped the list for many a year now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a couple of reasons. I actually just had this conversation with a patient maybe a month ago. Um, and it's dentists in general tend to be um, perfectionists. You know, yeah. it's you're, you're that very type A, you know, I, this has to be perfect, you know, yeah. every time. And in dentistry, you know, when, when you're working on a tooth, you know, the, the first time it hit me of how the scale that you're working on in dental school, we were practicing um, prepping cavities, you know, removing cavities from plastic teeth. Yeah. And you go up and you show your instructor. And I remember showing one and him looking at it and being like, mm, well, you need about another half millimeter here. Holy And, you know, when you're working with that kind of, you know, that on that scale, I mean, that's it's easy to, to go a half millimeter too far or too yeah. short or whatever. I mean, that's nothing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so when you're, you're dealing with really little things that are very intricate and, you know, the mouth, it's a hostile environment. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, unfortunately, there, we have lots of patients that they know and we know and, you know, you tell them, listen, you know, this tooth is, is just one huge feeling now. You got to be careful. Yeah. They come back in a week later. Ah, you know, I bit a Jolly Rancher and broke it. You know, so, you know, there's, yeah. there's, you're working on. You're trying to do all this intricate work and it's a it's everything we do filling wise you can't have saliva on it has to be dry so you're fighting tongues and cheeks and all in the name of getting this little thing absolutely perfect and you know a lot of the times it doesn't end up perfect you know whether yeah. it's like i said someone bit a piece of candy or you know just the body didn't accept you know what you're trying to put yeah. in there you know it's it's a it's an imperfect environment that you're trying to be perfect in and it's you know, there's a lot of days you go home like, like, damn, you know, I, you know, I wish I, I wish that result would have been better. Or, yeah. you know, you, you want to help, yeah. in, you know, make everyone's teeth perfect and make them last as long as you can. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it, like I said, teeth, they, they just don't work out that way. Sometimes you know, yeah. people have soft teeth or, you know, mm -hmm. like difficulty with, with keeping them clean. And, you know, you, you do what you, you get, you, you got to try and tell yourself I'm doing everything I can. Absolutely it doesn't always end in perfection, yeah. which is a hard concept to, to get sometimes. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons, you know, and, and yeah. um, it, it weighs on people. So, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta find a way to remind yourself it's not always going to end perfectly. You know, yeah. as long as you did what you could yeah. and in the name of helping this person, you know, you kind of got to accept the, you know, what comes with it. Yeah. And you got to, th I think the other thing that, folks have to realize is like there's not a lot of people that can do this you know <laughs> you know like not many people can just go hey i'm gonna be a dentist yeah. and deal with eight years of school and you know yeah. get accepted and then do all the stuff and then you know continue the work and you know yeah. so you're doing so much um you know and people need i just hope that people continue to realize that that are dentists and are in the medical profession because all of them are high burnout and yeah. you know stuff like that like they're so yeah. needed and that sounds awful because it sounds like i'm putting that pressure back on them like it's their fault that this happens but like you know uh 
and it's not their fault at all. You know, uh, they do such good work and not everybody's meant to do that either. Um, and I also think that when you have patients to come see medical professionals, they got to remember to be freaking nice to people. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I understand they're going through some stuff. They're in pain. That's a lot of the reason why you go to the doctor, go to the dentist most times, but it's also on yeah. uh, on us too, you know. I, I and I'm not going to make you say, "Oh, it's on the page." I'm not going to make you say that. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to let you not <laughs> no, say it. It's, it's a two way street, you know. It's <laughs> right. it's and it's funny because and you got to you learn to let it roll off your shoulders. Yeah. Early, I can't and here school in Pittsburgh, you know, wherever I've I've been working with patients, the amount of times where you sit down with someone and it's usually a new patient, someone that you might not have met before, and hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I really don't like you people, but and then they go to tell you what their problem is. So, I mean, that's, you get that a lot. It's just yeah. the nature of the beast. You know, a lot of people have had bad dental experiences when they yeah. were kids. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm sure for some people it gets hard to hear that, you yeah. know, all the time, right. but you just, you got to understand it's not personal. You yeah. know, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not saying it about you. They're not saying they don't like you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, they, they, had some bad times at some point in their life in the dental chair and you know that kind of thing doesn't go away so you know you you try to make them as calm and comfortable as you can and you know after a few good appointments yeah you don't hear it anymore you know they 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 get comfortable and and you know become a a a patient for you you know someone that you look forward to seeing and a patient for life you know you just if you just make them comfortable and make them feel like all right you know this person's listening to me they understand what you know it's that it, it's it's all good after that yeah it, it's you know i've never been dentist and i'll never be a dentist a day in my life i'm pretty yeah. sure i'm committed to not doing that um <laughs> <laughs> but um you know there's so much negative reinforcement that comes back like you just said you know yeah. i sat down in the chair you know i hate being at the dentist <laughs> right off the bat you didn't right. even say a word to these people you know and that's yeah. tough to take and then if that happens a couple times a day and then yeah. you know whatever you do the filling or drilling or scraping people's teeth you know and they're like ow ow all the time like yeah. <laughs> you know it, even if you know you're doing it the right what needs to yeah. happen or doing it right you still don't yeah. want to do it you know yeah. you know what i mean so like i kind of understand that aspect of it yeah. I'll never step a day in your shoes and say I know how you feel, but I can kind of sympathize for you if you, you yeah. know what I mean. So, yeah, you know, I uh, appreciate you kind of talk, uh, you know, shining a light yeah. on that. Um, really, the last question I have for you is, uh, yeah. you know, we've talked a lot about dentistry to kind of end the the episode, but obviously we started and talked about football for a long time. Um, yeah. What's your role in football today? What's your role in sports today? I know you're a huge Ridgeway Elk or basketball fan. Um, I feel like you have to be uh, these days. Um, but what 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 else are you um, doing in sports today? Um, you know, it's obviously with you know, like I said, basketball. We were at all the games when Dominic was still, you know, right. Allegretto was still playing. Yeah. Um, you know, we go to a couple now and then. Um, you know, it depends on what the game is or where it's at because our. Uh, my brother-in-law, Brighton's husband, Matt Chewy, yeah. is his dad's coach at St. Mary's and everything. Yeah. And they, his nephew uh, is playing at Berg. So, you know, we yeah. go to a decent amount of games and everything still. Um, but, uh, you know, Matt has, and he's been kind of growing it for a couple, good couple years now, has a gym, you know, over at his parents. And, yeah. um, you know, I've come in and, and started helping him with that. You know, have, we've, we've bought some, a lot of new equipment together and we yeah. have a lot of kids that, you know, come there and lift and everything. Yeah. Um, and we would like to, to, to grow that, you know, yeah. cause it's, um, it's tough, you know, high school kids, we have the same problem in our high school. You know, they, they tend to lock up the weight room and, you know, yes. there's no one there to, to, yep. to monitor it. No one can use it. Right. Um, 
and we want a place for you know kids to be able to lift and other people too because there's not i mean you have the y um and you have uh the pit over in st mary's which is more of a group yeah workout type uh, environment um but we you know we we want to have a place where you know people can come and and power lift and 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 do free weights and and all that kind of thing and we're you know trying to our goal in, in down the line is, is to grow that, you know, get a new, find a new building somewhere bigger, you know, keep collecting equipment and, and you know, turn it into an actual, you know, an actual gym where, you yeah. know, like I said, kids can come use it. They can get ready for sports, you know, um, you know, if they want to do a little bit of, you know, training, actual training, you know, with us helping them, you know, all good. Matt does some of that now, you know, yep. He's, yep. he's a girl's volleyball coach at, yep. at, at at Berg and in the summer, you know, in the fall, I'll go in there and his whole team's in there, you know, they're getting after it. So, yep. you know, we, we would like to, to have, you know, do that kind of thing, you know, to, to help kids that have, you know, college aspirations to help them get there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have definitely some interest in, um, in doing that with, with football, you know, is, is maybe not, I always thought about maybe coaching someday, but yeah. at least, you know, if there's a kid who, you know, wants to, has aspiration. I, I want to get to the next level, no matter what that means. You know, D three, D two, D whatever. Yeah. Um, if he's a quarterback, if he's, I mean, we can help him with anything. You know, we we'll, yeah. just, I would definitely be interested in that kind of thing. Um, but uh, and like you said, maybe someday do a little coaching at some point. Yeah. But uh, you know, I would definitely like to stay involved. You know, yeah. with, with the sports thing. You know, like I said, the the gym is is probably the 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 main route right now. Is yeah. is things go but down the line you know like i said would would love to help any kids that are have those you know dreams of you know i want to get bigger stronger faster and 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 make it to the next level and and play four more years at something so yeah yeah. absolutely well that's great man you know uh you got a lot of knowledge to offer people i know look your your work is demanding there's no secret about that you know uh it's long days you're learning the business side of it you have other stuff going on, you know, yeah. life is happening. So, uh, you know, I hope someday you're able to do that because I know that would mean a lot to you. And obviously, you know, you just talked about it. So, um, and to be quite frank, there's not a lot of, I mean, people go to college and play college sports around us, but like, yeah. you know, your story and, you know, them knowing about that and like yeah. knowing how you got there and what it took, yeah. that's going to help people in Elk County. Cause like, Let's face it. There's not. There's not a lot of those folks. Like there are, and I'm not trying to put yeah. put where I came from down because I love where I came from. But like, oh, yeah. there's not a lot of people. So there's yep. not a lot of people that can go play college sports if they're just not a lot of people. So yep. just simple math there. I'm not a huge math guy, but it kind of adds up to me. <laughs> <But> that's how it works. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah. You know, anything else that you wanted to discuss, Doctor Por- uh, Porco? You know, just really appreciate the the time. You know, I'm really glad that you came on the episode and shed a light on your career in football, what you're doing now as a dentist, how you got to Ridgeway, just the whole nine yards. Just want to open the floor to you. Yeah, no, I just you know, it's it's been a an interesting ride. You know, kind of you know all over the place from Pittsburgh to Baltimore to Philly, and yeah. you know back and then settling up here. You know, it's it's. But every step of the way has been the right move. You know, it's super grateful to be up here um, to have, you know, have met Allie and, you know, to come to a place like this, you know, with the opportunity that we have, you know, for the practice and everything. Um, You know, we're we're excited to be here. You know, all the patients always ask, you know, because a lot of doctors that come through leave you know yeah. they're always asking, you know you guys here yeah. just, you know or you could be here for a while. And yeah, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere. Right. You know, once once you know, we get our house finished up, we're, we're here to stay. So, you know, we're, we're excited to be, to be part of the, you know, the community and everything. And, 
like I said, it's, uh, you know, it's, it was a, a round, a real roundabout way to get here, yeah. you know, at times, but you know, like I said, it was, it all worked out, you know, for the best, you know, with, from, on, from Hopkins to, to Temple and then, you know, to, to be catching on with Dr. Reese and being able to, to, you know, continue his practice on, you know, and, and like I said, so, not, so everyone doesn't have to go finding somewhere else right. to go, you know, that's, that's, uh, glad to be able to, to provide that and, and, you know, keep the, keep the, uh, keep the office role in there and hopefully, those are big shoes to fill, but do what yeah. I can to, you know, to do that and, and keep everyone, uh, keep everyone moving forward with, with the same level of treatment that he's provided for 42 years here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Porco is not a big hard sales guy. Um, so I will just do the quick sales here. Um, go see Dr. East and Dr. Porco, um, two of the nicest men that I know, um, especially living in Ridgeway. Um, so definitely go see them. If you're looking for a dentist, they're just Looking for a conversation, really. They'll, they'll talk your ear off, and they love sports, and uh, there's awesome people. So, Dr. Porco, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciated the conversation. Glad that we could have it, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. I really appreciate the invite, Nate. It was awesome. Um, I've never done anything like this, so, you know, uh, I appreciate the, uh, you know, working with me there. But, uh, no, it was, I, I appreciate coming on, and if it if it can help, you know, just one person, you know, it's, it's worth it. So, um yeah, we'll uh, you know be more than happy to to talk to you again. Anything about you know sports, dentistry, all that stuff. But this was uh, like I said, this was a first for me. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. This was another episode of the Western PA Sports Blog podcast. You just heard from Doctor Tyler Porco, now living in Ridgeway, and um, hopefully you folks will have a conversation with him sometime soon. This was Nate Stice. Thanks a lot for listening. Until next time.